I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 30 of our weekly podcast, The Curran View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How's things? Steady away. I've had a couple of days where I haven't been uh, particularly well, uh, and that's why we didn't do the podcast last night. Try to get over the doctors. Well, I did get over the doctors, but can't get in well next week. Bit typical, that is, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I've had a bit of diarrhea and sickness, and um, I keep getting a bit of vertigo. So I keep saying I'm going to go see a doctor. So mm-hmm. I've booked an appointment now for next week. But that's that's it, isn't it? This time of year, there's a lot of things going around. I did over Christmas, and I've had a little bit this week as well. And I think everybody listening to the podcast will be saying now, I've had it, I've had it, I've had it. And all your grandkids, they, they have it, and they go to school, and they're like health terrorists. And it, and it just all keeps going round in cycles. It's like the wind, it just blows it everywhere. Until well, we get the better weather, it's going to be here to stay, I'm guessing. Well, I don't, I don't uh, drink very well. I drink, yeah. Uh, and um, Wayne Biggins came up with uh, Billy Whitehurst on Sunday, and uh, Billy asked ask you, excellent lad, yeah, Middlesbrough, and um, finish up pestering me to go out for a drink, and I finish up work, and then I finish up going out for a wink, uh, a drink, and I think uh, I had too many vodka and cokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do a regular feature behind the lens, and that was the um, the picture that we're going to talk about uh, this week behind the lens with legends where did you come across them guys did, did you play with them oh billy we you, you with billy, billy and, and the other boys as well well billy uh billy asked you when i came back uh, when i came back from uh, uh greece yeah i got a phone call from brian orton and he asked me if i'd uh, come down for a month and uh, help him out yeah and like when i came back i tell like I mean, Grimsby did the same thing with we, 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 we Roberts, uh, the manager then. And same thing. I finished up playing about seven or eight games for them. My knee was absolutely pain, and I mean pain. Yeah. But I played with Billy Askew all for a month. Yeah. Billy White, as I've always known, because he's, he's, he's about 10, 12 miles away from where I am. Yeah. Um, and I always used to see him at races or somewhere, you know, dogs or at uh, racetracks. Um, and, and Wayne... He's a big Sheffield. Uh, he's a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. Right. And, and yeah. when I uh, when I finished playing football, I had a pallet yard. I bought a cafe in a pallet yard, and uh, he came flying up on car park, and it was a rough car park because obviously we bit with wagons on him. And I'm yeah. thinking, what's he, what's he doing in the car like this? This guy. <laughs> anyway, when he pulls up his weight, he said, "I've just got a pallet yard. What are you going about this and that? What what do you do about that? What do you do about other?" So uh, I've not seen Wayne since no. 2000 so that's 20 years ago so but he came up to see billy um because they obviously played together at stoke yep so we finished up going out for a drink because i had to do a bit of work on sunday for my brother 
Now, both of them pretty hard players. I mean, Billy's arguably the hardest player that's ever played the game. I don't think there'd be any dispute with that. But Biggins could put himself about a bit and handle himself. I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember Wayne, was, yeah, Wayne could handle himself without yeah. a doubt. I remember him. No at, nonsense. Yeah, I remember him at Stoke. I mean, it was his challenge on. I think it might have been Gosner, certainly a Birmingham City goalkeeper at the time. That um, I think pretty much led to a riot when Birmingham City played Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was like the pantomime villain of Stoke City, I remember, with Wayne Biggins. But he was a good player. Did he go on and play at Man City or play at City before as well? I, I, yes, I think right. he did. Yeah. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, I'm not sure if he went to, Nor- uh, to um, Norwich at all. Yeah. I'll look him up. I'm, uh, you know, uh, I know he's a Sheffield lad. And yeah. He came into the game late. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then he, he got a great move to to, to Stoke City. Mm. His lad's playing. His lad's playing for uh, Fleetwood now. Oh, okay. So, uh, but they could look after himself, could Wayne? Don't don't worry about him. He, he was one, he was a centre forward. What you know? What didn't shirk it? Yeah, absolutely. And who was the biggest drinker out the uh, the three guys? I know that you probably aren't because you've alluded to it many times. You actually don't drink. You drink more coke than than alcohol. I do, yeah. uh, but but I did have a few Bacardi and Cokes on on, on Sunday. Yeah. But Wayne, uh, Wayne, Wayne had to go back and pick some. He uh, took his son down to Birmingham because uh, he was having an operation the, the following day. I was saying he was going down with his missus. He yeah. he had a few yeah. drinks, so his, his missus would have uh, drove him down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously Billy can drink. You know, it's like. Yeah. It's like running a tap, it's just, just <laughs> flowing through the sink, like you know. But uh, it was a good night and I enjoyed it. But it's great to catch up, isn't it, with, with former is, players yeah. and former friends. And while we're talking, family, how's uh, young Jock doing? We know he's had a, a tear to the ammo. How's his uh, recovery going? He's, he said he's, he's feeling a lot better, he's, but they, they've, they've told him this time he's got to, to rest it, so he can't yeah. do anything for two months. See, he's come back twice. Uh, and tried it, and obviously he's got he's, he's gone. And it, like they've told him, they have to be careful and that you don't rupture it. So uh, they're giving him a two months rest. So we'll we'll wait and see what happens after that, uh, Gabby. Yeah. But uh, you know, for me, it'll be world of good in yeah. one sense because it'll help fill that body out because yeah. he's doing a lot of gym work. They're doing a lot of gym work with him. And being a big Leeds United fan as well, great attendance from Leeds supporters at uh, at Old Trafford last night when they played Manchester United Youth Team. I think 1,500 turned up. And Messi could be going there. I did notice today Young Jock posted up. He'd have got um, United are trying to sign Messi and Jock put up, and I'm trying to win the national lottery. <laughs> I tell, I tell them both today. Yeah. They're going on about great support for Leeds going to, going to uh, taking 14. Listen, I said, if it weren't Manchester United, how many would they have taken anywhere else? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I said, it's a pull. Man United is a pull. Get into your heads, guys. Of course it is. You know, Man United is a big pull for everyone. For everyone. You know, so, uh, but having said that, it's still, it's still a, a terrific uh, following. Yeah, for a youth cup game, for yeah, a youth cup game, and uh, obviously Man United won one nil, uh, so they've gone through into the next round. But Leeds United under this guy, the the, the produce, I mean, but Leeds have produced a lot of young good players yeah. over the years. I will say that about them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so was Sheffield United. I wish Sheffield Wednesday uh, produced uh, a few more than 
than what we have done. Yeah. But uh, you, you, you've got to give it to Leeds United and Sheffield United. Over the years, they have produced some big-name players what's gone on to play for big clubs. Magic moments, TC. What have you sourced for us this week? Right, the magic moments are... And I'm trying to think of the goals now. I've, I've, with me being poorly... What, yeah, I is know. There, there, oh, I, Grimsby won. Okay. Grimsby won. Odin. What a great goal. Uh, not Odin, the... Uh, for uh, Forest Green. Oh, Odin Bailey on, yeah. on loan from Birmingham City. Good yes. player. I was amazed we loaned him out. Brilliant. Absolutely. Have a look at it. Will do. Have a look at it on YouTube. Absolutely. What a grace, you know, European game, Champions League, you know, World Cup game. Absolutely fabulous. And I'm trying to think of the other one. Uh, I got two, but we'll come back to after you. Uh, let us know how, what you are about Magic Mom because you usually pick three. I'm yeah. trying to think of the other one. One's a Premier League one, but because I would have changed my mind, I was okay. going to change my mind. But I thought, no, you know, it would have graced any game that uh, Odin Bailey. It would have graced any game. I shall definitely have a look at that. And what I'll do, I'll load it up on our group the current view because we've got a group page and we've got yeah. a facebook page as well so all our bits and pieces from the podcast are put onto the uh, yeah onto the group and all the podcasts are put onto the page so anybody that's missed any of the podcasts you can go onto the current view facebook page and listen back to all of our shows my first magic moment was um, just before that yep. before that gabby anyone what <clears throat> listens to these we are looking for sponsors to make this podcast even bigger so yeah. If anyone's out there what listens to it, wants to help me and Gabby uh, to uh, take it up to the next level, please uh, get in touch with Gabby and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, it'll be much appreciated. Very, very much appreciated. As was Lee Camp this week, because he saved a penalty against Forest, which certainly turned the game oh. for Birmingham City and, and fooled both you and I, because we both went for an away Forest win. And then uh, in midweek, his penalty saves uh, in a penalty shootout sent Birmingham City through to the fifth round of the FA Cup. So well done, Lee Camp. He's took a lot, a lot of stick from Birmingham City supporters, but he, he he has had more appearances in the Championship than any, any other, other player. Period. So well yeah, done, he, Lee. He's a he's a steady keeper. Yeah. You know, uh, without doubt, he's a st- steady keeper. In fact, my treble in midweek. Who did I have? Derby, uh, Doncaster. And Birmingham. Yeah. And I said to Tom, you watch, the league wise in about 92nd minute, <laughs> right? going to extra time and go and winning extra time. Yeah. And Thomas was laughing his head off he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, Birmingham done it twice, didn't they? In the 90th minute and then in yeah. the 120th minute, which is quite incredible, really. You've well, got to feel a little bit of commentary. What about me? I've got Birmingham to win in the treble. I <laughs> know. Oh, don't you ever know, put but, Birmingham uh, to win. I've learnt my lesson. But Coventry, he's got he's got them playing well as uh, Mark Robbins. Yeah, uh, really got them playing well. Being a being a real good manager because this is his second spell in charge, isn't it of uh, of Coventry City? Yes, and yeah. he has done very well. And he's had to he's had to sell or Coventry have had to sell a lot of their better players, bring in players, and he's he's still got them competitive in that League One, and they look a decent team. In fact, they they've got better form at. St Andrews and what Birmingham have <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing isn't it you know yeah. uh, I mean I, Thomas said to me so how does it go on there how will they go on those players uh, 
because they both play there now. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it's replay it, because they drew in the first game, so the replay it's it's like Birmingham have their own end again, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I said to Tom, I said, well, Birmingham should be should have the advantage because it's their it's their ground, yeah. you know, and they're going to have the majority of their fans there. I said, but it doesn't work like that in the FA Cup. Yeah. It's not worked that way at all. No, it doesn't. And to be fair, Birmingham actually had more fans as the away team than what they did as the home team. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a topsy-turvy season so far for Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham City, my club, I know I get a lot of stick from Blues fans because they all think I support the Villa these days. I don't. I love Jack Grealish. There's a very definite difference there. But Have you seen that with uh, Real Madrid and um, Man City have inquired about or inquiring about... Uh... Yeah. Jack Grealish. Yeah, I posted it up today and I've got another group page, uh, The Governor and the Maestro, which is for Alan Hudson and Jack Grealish. So all the interviews I do with Alan, bits and pieces mm. I see Jack, I post in there. I did see that. Uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid, 60 million. I looked at it, posted and said, you're having a laugh because Grealish, you're looking at north of 90 million if you want Jack Grealish, in, in, in my opinion. But I, I think that if Grealish was up for sale, and he's not, He's still playing for Villa. He loves Villa. Villa could stay up. They've got decent owners. There's no reason why Villa, in a season or two's time, couldn't be in the top four, the top six, like Sheffield United, like Wolverhampton Wanderers, like Everton. Villa are a is, big, big club, so who, who knows what goes on in football? This is a big season for them. They need to massive, stay up. And I, 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 I still think they will stay up. Yeah. You know, if they can keep holding uh, Jack Grealish, well, they will now anyway, because yeah, the transfer yeah. window is gone. Yeah. So I think that's a big plus for them. Uh, so I do think they will, they will stay up. But what they've got to, what Villa then have got to do is add. Exactly. Uh, they've got to add better players. Spend big. To match, to, yeah. to ma- to match uh, Jack's uh, uh, ability. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it, you, you don't know where it can take you. But uh, it, it, that was a big plus for him to, 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 to keep him. Over this transfer window, and I, I, I still think they'll stop at Will uh, Aston Villa. I, I hope they do because I've always been of this opinion that the city of Birmingham and our West Midlands region needs a strong Aston Villa, and I think it needs a strong Wolverhampton Wanderers as well. Because you know, back in the 50s, Wolves were the team, and I think that when you've got a team or a couple of teams in the area vying for top positions, it brings the other teams up to your level. Whereas I, I've We've, I've seen so many years a race to the bottom. I quite like to see a race to the top in the West Midlands yeah. for all our clubs. Well, anyone will tell you what, uh, when you've got the Derby games in, in your major cities and exactly. what, Birmingham is the second biggest city in the country. Yeah. If you can get the ones in there, Villa, Wolves, West Brom, uh, Birmingham, all having good teams, there is nothing like uh, when the derbies come round, you know, uh, the atmosphere, fans uh, excited, uh, the Mickey taking, uh, yeah. going into work, uh, all the build-up, you know, week, week before it and all that uh, shenanigans, shenanigans, what go on in these derby games, you know, what players are going to do to each other. So all that is fantastic, uh, but it's better when, you know, when, when the teams have been successful and uh, no doubt Birmingham's a big, big, massive place. Uh, and it could do with at least two or three or four of them in in, in the city to to start punching the, the proper weight. 
Yeah, absolutely. And in the 70s, you know, you look at the, the, the wider area of the East Midlands, you know, with Derby and Forest and Leicester yeah. and so on. You know, all them teams were in the first division in the, in the 70s and the early 80s and produced some great players. So let's uh, let's hope that we can return to those those halcyon days because Leicester are doing well. And, you know, you look at Leicester, you look at Wolves, you look at Sheffield United, Villa are a bigger club than all three of those um, I'd question with Everton because I think Villa and Everton are about a similar size club. Two great clubs in um, in British football and football, yeah. yeah, historically have won an awful lot. And I think if you put all your medals on the table, as Cluffy used to say, then Villa and Everton would would be right up there, and there'd only be one or two uh, honours that would uh, separate those two great clubs from Liverpool yeah, and probably. Birmingham. It's only that uh, Obramovich coming into Chelsea. Definitely. I mean, I mean, I've always liked Chelsea and all as a football club. Same. You know, you know, I used to like, you know, good entertaining clubs, and they were a great football team to watch for for Chelsea. Yeah. But the, the, they've only they've only won over this last twenty years with with uh, Abramovich yeah. being there. And by the way, they're a big club because they're winning trophies. Yeah. But you're right. In 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 in. in in general, Villa and Everton, well, Everton, have uh, won more than what Villa have and what Chelsea have. Yeah. But, uh, but Villa won a lot more than what Chelsea have. But we all know, fan base wise, they, they are bigger clubs. Yeah. I always look at football as a, as a train journey and it started in the 1800s and it's now. Now, it don't matter what stop you've got on or you've got off at, that journey is still that journey. And, and an honour that you pick up in the 1800s is just as viable as what you're going to produce and what you're going to win today. Today, it, yeah. It, it's all be, because if you look at it, me and you talking now, this is history. Because we've just said it, so that's history. Mm. So it depends on how far you want to go back in your history. So to me, history is history. Have you thought of uh, your number two uh, magic moment yet, or do you want more? No, no. Give me yours, and I'll, I'll try and find a thing which. Tiago, Tiago's goal for Bayern Munich against Mainz. Oh, that was a great goal. That was. <laughs> no, that was a great goal. That. What feet he had to dance. I mean, he didn't just take up. He danced round the defence and put it in the onion bag. But when he first broke onto the scene at Barcelona, you know, potentially wise, yeah. you, you always thought this kid's going to be a superstar. Yeah. Yeah, he has done well at uh, Bayern Munich. Did he Did he buy him at Bayern Munich? I think he did uh, Guardiola, didn't he? I'm not or sure if I'm absolutely honest. I, well, I think he sold him there when he knew he was going there. Yeah. Or he went to Bayern Munich and then he bought him. Yeah. You know, but you're right, hell of a goal and... Great balance, and that's what I'm saying about players. You can always tell how good a player is with the balance he's got, the composure he's yeah. got, because the composure gives you time. Yeah. When you see the great players, what got a composure, it, it gives you time to yeah. pick out whatever you want to do, whether you're shooting, whether you're passing, whether you're, you're dribbling, whatever it is, if you've got that composure, it gives you time. It certainly does. And my third magic moment, it's a toss-up here out of... Um, Alan St Maximum, who goal against uh, Oxford that, that won it and took them through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, or Daly Alley's pass with Son's penalty, and uh, I think yeah. it, it's a fine margin because I thought that Daly Alley pass was yeah. just precision personified. Well, oh, that was a goal. Tottenham. That was the other one. Okay. You take the 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 new lad you just signed. Oh yeah, did a little chip into him on, yeah. uh, onto his chest and volley. That was that was the one. Great goal. You know when you just mentioned Son, I thought 
Yeah. The, the, the guy, because I was going to give him it, because it obviously was a great goal. Yeah, it was. But then again, I thought to myself, no, because the guy at uh, Odin at uh, Forest Green, yeah. you know, it would it would have, we'd have been talking about that uh, in the Premier League. If that had been scored in the Premier League, we'd have been talking about it for weeks. So yeah. it was a great goal, the, the, the Tottenham guy. I forget his name now because they've only just signed him. Same there, yeah. I can't remember his uh, name. Mm. Uh, but I, I wasn't going to go go over uh, Odin Bailey's because I thought to myself, I know it's in the uh, Championship too, but it's still one hell of a goal. Have a look at it, Gabby, and uh, you'll you'll see what I mean. We'll do. As soon as we finish this podcast, it will be on our group, the current view. Random question. Favourite favorite current TV programme, TC? Favourite? Yeah, what what, what, what do you oh, sit down and watch on the telly? Just sports. Oh, do I you? I watch sports. But having said that, I do I do like these um, documentaries. Yeah, yeah. And I like these detective programmes, you know. When I say murders, I don't like the murders, but I like catching the bad guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I find it fascinating how they get how they how they get the information and when they get the information you think to yourself you know you can see there yeah. that they've got to work twice as hard to really convict these people so I do like them but in general it's just sport yeah. whether it's watching horse racing or dog racing or uh, golf I'm not a big cricket fan and I'm not a big rugby fan like me two sons are yeah but uh, football golf uh, tennis uh, and then the documentaries other than that that's that that's me. I'm not. I'm not a combination street fan. I'm not an East Enders fan. <laughs> you know, uh, I used to love films when I was uh, when I was footballing, but I don't watch them nowhere near. When I finish playing football, when you're football, you're good at flicks it on a Wednesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even that uh, doesn't interest me anymore. Yeah. Well, it's Thursday night, of course, tonight, and uh, my favourite programmes on the telly, Death in Paradise. What a gig that is! If you're going to get a job in TV, catch the gig in it. What is it? I don't know. I've not seen it. Uh, it's like a Who Done It program. All oh, right. But it, it's like in in like um, it's on one of the the Caribbean islands. So the, right. the, the detectives out there, it's a British detective. He's out there. It's Ralph Little who's just taken over tonight. Um, and I've never seen it. Yeah, never, a, seen it. it's a little bit like Midsummer Murders, but it's in <laughs> the Caribbean. So if you're going to have one or the other, I'd rather go in the Caribbean than. Uh, is it, on the, is it on terrestrial television? Because yeah, I, yeah. I don't really watch... BBC you know, One, 9 o'clock, BBC One on a Thursday night. Death in Paradise. I think it's a cracking programme. Five... So, sorry? Go on, sorry. Yep, five. five of the best European players of the 70s. When you say European... So we cannot have, can we have English? Because we obviously no, we've we done Europe. we've done we've done British before. So right, we've, we've done British uh, defence goalkeeper and the whole lot. But I'm just looking at just five European players that right. you, you know that that you looked at whether you played against them, whether you watched them on match of the day, you've seen them in World Cups, you know, produce magic moments for us in the seventies. Who's your five favourite players? Well, these are the five I picked out, and yep. I went. I went to uh, Cruyff, Best, Charlton, uh, Jimmy Johnson, and Hudson, and now, but now it's European. So, because yep. uh, we have done the English, so it's yes. going to be it's going to be Cruyff. Yep. Platini. Okay. Yep. Beckenbauer. Yep. Muller. Yep. Gert Muller. Yep. And uh, Beresi. 
of okay. AC Milan. Yeah. That's five, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cruyff, Beckenbauer, Muller, Platini and Berezi. I'd looked at them two and I thought, were they more 80s, Platini and Berezi? But they, they may have been, but they also performed in the 70s. The 70s, yes. And for me, I've gone with a couple that were 70s, like you, but a little bit further back. Um, and, and I have to say, I didn't see an awful lot of them, but bits and clips and reading about these players and watching uh, the players and what they did in World Cups. So their journey started in the 60s. So I'm going to go with the first one, Sandro Masola. Masola, who was brilliant player. The son, he lost his dad when he was seven and a half in the Supergar air disaster, where the yeah. uh, plane carrying the Torino team, fourth uh, of May, nineteen forty-nine, hit the church, hit the church wall on the Supergar mountains above Turin, and he went on and won two European cups, four Scudettos, and was an absolute legend at uh, international. I think there's about five plane crashes with football teams, in the national teams, or, or yeah, there was one not long ago with the Brazilians, wasn't yeah, there? That, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, as well, what we have to say is, as we're uh, recording the podcast, uh, God rest the uh, Busby Babes. Busby Babes, yes. Eighth of February, isn't it? Sixth uh, of February, nineteen fifty-eight. The eight of their plane, uh, plane staff, sadly. Well, seven of them died at Munich, and then I think it was on the 21st of February, uh, Duncan Edwards uh, passed away with injuries away, yeah. from uh, from uh, the, the air disaster. So terrible, terrible, terrible. And lots of people always remember, because we're English, we remember the Busby Babes, but also let's remember the Torino team. There was 10 Italian internationals <laughs> that died that day, and Valentino Mazzola was the captain uh, of that team, and his son, uh, Sandro went on and became an absolute legend after losing his dad when he was seven and a half. Me, me, me other ones, it was a toss-up out of Gunter Netzer or Robbie Rensenbrink. Oh, great player, Gunter Netzer. Oh, wasn't he just? Oh. I, I remember the 1972 game when they beat us uh, 3-1. And it was one yeah. of my first live games and my dad says, watch him, this lad here, number 10, Gunter Netzer. What a player he is. And he was. But he was quite a maverick and never got the recognition, really, from Germany that he should have. Oh, well, no, he did. What it was, he refused to play for Germany. It fell out. It fallen out with the manager. Oh, and uh, he did. He refused to play. He said, I've retired. You know, he didn't like the way how they played football because they were, they were like some of the English things. I mean, they were always hard to beat was... Uh, well, West Germany, weren't they? They yeah, were very, definitely. very, always hard to beat. And he was, he was like an Hudson. Well, yeah, he was, you, yeah. could say, you could say he was yeah. better than Hudson for, for Germany. You could say he was better than Curry. You know, but they were all that type of, same type of player. Wanted to entertain the fans yeah. uh, and had great skill and should have gone on one more, more uh, uh, caps than what they did do. Yeah. And the the other player in joint position was Robbie Rensenbrink. And I remember cool. Robbie playing for Holland in the 74 uh, World Cup finals. What about Naiskins? I mean, another one. Yeah, again, he's one that just misses the cut. And I'm giving it I'm, I'm giving it to Rensenbrink there, the nod over Naiskins, because uh, Al told me a story where Steve Bottle run rings round him for uh, for Seattle Sounders against the Cosmos. He run Naiskins absolutely dizzy. 
and uh, Robbie Renson-Brink when Chelsea played Bruges. I think it was a quarter-final of the Cup Winners' Cup in 1971. Woody says to me, Robbie Renson-Brink absolutely destroyed Chelsea. And now we were still in the competition, having played against Bruges. I think they got beat 2-0, but Al said it could have been 4-5. or five. He was absolutely mustered. And Alan said he was one of the greatest players he's ever played against, Robbie Renson-Brink. And sadly passed away um, not too long ago as well. You see, that, the, the Dutch have, have always produced, you know, fine, fine footballers. And yeah. They've always looked to to uh, to play attacking for formation, yeah. and they do fall about they do fall out among themselves. But when you, when you look at these European teams, and I mean, people say, you know, uh, why we never uh, produce the players like these other teams in Europe? Yeah. Well, because they're taught at a young age. They know if they teach, they teach them to, 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 to try and play an attacking type of game, they're going to sell that type of player. Yeah. And when you, if, if you remember, we used to sell our lower league teams. You know, your Doncasters, your Grimsby's, all these teams, all so good players. Yeah. Years and years and years ago, but what happened is um, we went down a different way of uh, 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 playing football, mm-hmm. and so we finished up with all these foreign coaches and we've got all these foreign players in. And it's not it's not that uh, they shouldn't be in here. Yeah. They shouldn't be in here because these foreign coaches have, have given us back now. I mean, when you look at Liverpool the other night, absolutely uh, fantastic football play, those young, those young lads. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't agree with, with Klopp not being there. That's one thing I didn't uh, Same, agree yeah. with. But, but the football them young boys played the other night, and I'm thinking to myself, they're in great hands at this moment in time as yeah. uh, Liverpool. And then going back to that Ajax team in the 70s, it was Feyenoord that won it in 70. Um, Ajax that won it three years on the trot. Bayern won it three years on the trot. And then Liverpool broke the domination. And then the English clubs went on and won it, I think, was it five years on the trot as well? Yes, With Liverpool, right. Forest and, uh, and Aston Villa. But my third pick, um, and, and these are the top three here, uh, Gerd Muller, one of arguably the greatest goal scorers of, of, all of time. Mo- yeah, modern time, all time, of football per se. The guy's strike ratio is phenomenal. And I think he scored something like 72 goals in 68 games for West Germany. <laughs> it, it was just the bomber. And they, that, that's what he was called. People used to think that was quite derogatory. No, when he got the ball, he just bombed it in the back of the net. That's yeah. why he had that nickname. He was prolific. Great, great footballer, great and, footballer. And that goal and in built, 74, that just... Built, be- built like a thoroughbred racehorse, a five a five furlong uh, yeah. sprint horse, you know, muscle on top of muscle. When I say muscle on top of muscle, not built like a, a, a bodybuilder, yeah. but his muscles were just perfect to, 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 to be a centre forward. Not over, but not under, but just the strength to be able to knock people off off balance when he was running at people. Because he wasn't that big, was he? For no. centre forward. I mean, when you look at the football, yeah. we've always looked for we've always looked for big, strong kids. And when you look at yeah. the greatest players, you know, your Pellys, your Best, your Iniestas, your Zabis, your Maradonas, Mullers, they're only about five foot six, five foot five, five yeah. foot ten. Yeah. You know. You know, you got your. I think Cruyff was six foot. Ronaldo, this Ronaldo was six foot. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> and Zidane six foot one. You know, 
and Zidane for a six foot one, the, the beautiful balance he had, yeah. you know. Um, but no, uh, it, it was about five foot five foot eight was uh, the bobber, yeah. Kurt Muller, and could score all different goals. And I thought the, yeah. the winning goal that he scored in the seventy four final for West Germany against Holland was just typical Gerd Muller. The way he got the ball, he spun and he just knocked it in the corner. <laughs> just an absolutely terrific football player. I mean, they all go on, they all go on about these overhead kicks. But he, I remember I've seen yeah. him score a couple of great goals. Yeah. Great goals. You know, but I mean, we never, I never really saw that in the Premier League, but I saw him in the World Cup and playing for uh, Bayern Munich, doing that type of thing. Absolutely fantastic. Great, great goal scorer and a great footballer. And another player that was a tremendous uh, overhead kick, bicycle kick, whatever you want to call it, expert, was another German, Klaus Fischer, that played for Schalke. Klaus Ford. Fischer, yeah, yeah. I remember him scoring a couple of Brahmas. They tried to sign me when I was at Sheffield Wednesday, Schalke all four. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you consider it? Uh, what 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 happened was uh, Jack just blocked uh, uh, blacked it out straight away. And I weren't. I mean, if if they sold me, when when, when if a manager's going to says you know you can go and sign for them or you can stop here, that's telling you that's telling me you know uh, it's time to leave. But no, <coughs> he just put a block to it straight away. Says not for sale. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but I've got all clippings of that uh, in, in in my. Um, Suitcases. When my mum and dad died, I've got all sorts of clippings, and, and uh, there's a couple of clippings about you know where Schalke tried to bite me. We'll you'll have to post them up on Facebook, and we'll get them on the yeah. on the. Group. I'll get them out. I'll get. I'll look them tomorrow and get them out, and I'll post them up for you. And I watched a, a documentary today about the uh, the Dutch team of 1974 and the Ajax team of the early yeah. 70s. And Renus Michels, what oh. a coach! And he got he got his football education and philosophy of the Magic Magiers and they got their football knowledge and philosophy of uh, Uncle Jimmy Hogan uh, an English yep. coach who the English Coding. didn't recognise yeah. we, we booted oh. him out exactly yeah. but it was a bit it was a bit of a crackpot him you know <laughs> did you know have you know did you know of him oh, Big Ron oh. told me all about Jimmy yeah. Hogan yeah yeah well, it was a bit of a crackpot you know but great coach yeah, great coach. I mean, you see, the thing, the thing is, like I said to you, the reason why our coach, our good top players, don't 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 do particularly well is because they're good coach down at the lower level of football. Yeah, when they've never ever played at that level of football. Yeah, you know, and the continental players, when they get jobs in in Holland, they're, they're getting the top five or six clubs in Holland. Yeah. Spain, they get you know Zidane. Uh, when he finished football, when does he finish up Real Madrid? Yeah. You know, uh, and he's won three European Cups. Mm. So, for our lads to go and coach at that level, (coughs) excuse me, for me, I don't think it's right because, you know, they can teach players what they can do. They can't teach players. You You can't improve, you can improve players, but what you can't do is make them have that technical ability what Frank Lampard has because, those players have been signed for a for a for a certain purpose, uh, for a certain type of philosophy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's to get football forward as strong as as quickly as possible and try and get up and support it as quickly as possible at that level. And then it obviously it drifted into to some of our teams what got promoted into the Premier League. And uh, prime example was Watford under Graham Taylor, and because he taken them from the fourth division up to the old first division, 
everybody thought it was, you know, marvellous, you know. <clears throat> For yeah. me, uh, what he did at Watford was terrific. I'm not, not, I'm not going to knock that, but it didn't, it, it didn't help our game. No, no, it never. But what did help the Dutch game was Renus Michels and uh, that that documentary I posted up on uh, on our my seventies group as well. And uh, Robbie Rensenbrink was was talking about it now. The Dutch played with such confidence, such swagger, and he said when I when Rudy Kroll would overlap me as our left back, I'd just drop back and I'd be the left back, he'd be the left winger. He said, and that's how we played our football. We all dropped into each other's positions because we were all comfortable on the ball. And our goalkeeper wasn't the best goalkeeper in Ireland. I remember Yang Youngblood. He was the first goalkeeper I ever saw at a ball. <laughs> he, he was their sweeper. And if you look at how Manchester City are playing today and Liverpool are playing today, they're playing in exactly the same way as the Magyars played, as Ajax played, how all these great teams of total football. It's not rocket science. It's not being just invented. All they're doing is rejigging it and reinventing the wheel. Well, Cruyff loved the guy. Absolutely oh. loved him. Yeah. And, and that's where Cruyff got his from. Exactly, you yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, but Minas, uh, he loved the, the, the Brazilians, yeah. you know. Uh, and that's where he got his from. Uh I mean, we. Well, I mean, was it Hungary? What came to England? Yeah, it was Hungary. That, six, that's that's, six, that's yeah. Six two, and then we they went. And then we've got six, to start three. playing six three. We've got to start playing football like this. Why we went down that route with a long ball? I will never, never know because when you've got players like Hudson and Curry and Bowles, yeah, what could win any football matches and not to play them? It's well, it's criminal. It's a crime against it is, football. It, well, it's, but these people, there's too many of them what are politically correct and they seem to always be the winners some way or another, you know, and they can, they can, they, they can, because obviously uh, Hudson, Bowles, Curry, all had a different type of flaw in them. And what I mean by flaw, Stan would go out and, uh, and have a bet. Curry weren't, Curry weren't a drinker. Curry wasn't was a, Yeah, Tony he was wasn't, shy. Yeah. He was a shy type of guy, guy and he weren't a great mixer. Yeah. Whereas Alan, well, he's in King, he's on King's Road. He's, they're knocking about with Best and Osgood and all them, isn't he? You know, yeah. so they're all out drinking. So that's why they didn't want that type of player. Yeah, but but looking at the way that the Dutch conducted themselves in 1974, Hudson, Bowles and Curry would have fitted into their team of three oh. because they liked a lot of everything them Dutch boys did, I tell you. Well, I watched a podcast the other day, and there's a, uh, I'm trying to think what the guy's name is now, um, played with all, but he started in Holland because his, dad, his dad's job was all over the world, so they'd lived there for three years, and then they'd move on to somebody else who fished up in Holland, yeah. and he was saying, they were, they, asked, they were asking him about the coaching, he said, they make you believe that you're God, yeah. they make you believe they're God, and the training is far different to what our training is yeah. in England. So, um, and he finished up at uh, we uh, all the way at Blackpool, but he, he got injured, and he finished up with first team coach, and he packed him because you know he weren't any, earning enough money as, as a coach when they kept giving him not all the way, but the chairman kept giving him more and more jobs to do. Mm. But he was talking about the Dutch coaching, and, and he said it was terrific, absolutely brilliant. 
And again, a small country and come from nowhere because, you know, it wasn't until the 60s that they actually turned professional. It was Renus Michels, really, that turned Ajax professional. Yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't professional before then. It's in- incredible what impact they had. And as I say, it goes back to the Magyars when they come to beat England 6-3. Dakuti scored a trick. He was the deep-lying centre-forward. And, and their system and how they played through England. England went back to Budapest before the... Um, the 1954 World Cup finals in uh, in Switzerland, and that Hungary beat us seven one. Well, when you look when you look at Ajax yep. to win three, oh, yeah. European Cups. Yep, back for back. a small for a small yep. small yeah. club. They're not long term And then you got and then you got Liverpool. Yeah, Man United of uh, in, in this country. Mm. I mean, Man United won in sixty eight. 68. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Liverpool didn't win it until 75. Uh, 77. 77. 77. 77. Yeah. So, uh, and Ajax had won it before Liverpool. Well, yeah, Ajax won it before Liverpool. And Mm. to win it three times, a small little club like that. Yeah. And how they keep producing players is unbelievable. And produce, not only to produce them, they're selling them. Yeah. And they still keep, you know, giving to the quarterfinals of this of the Champions League mm. it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal how they do it but again it didn't, it didn't just arrive by accident in that mid 70s in the, I think it was the early 60s they'd, they'd knocked Liverpool out um, the European Cup they, they beat them 5-1 and then draw 2-2 at Anfield they were, they were just different class <laughs> yeah but what I'm trying to say to you, like, well, I'm not saying to you yeah. saying to you because you, you were saying to me they, they were like just amateur clubs yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah it's incredible you know, what they've done. We know, and Liverpool's and I can, I can remember these games. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't get the they, they couldn't get the ball off them. No. You know, and then I think that's what Shankly did. Went, well, hang on a bit. We better start playing this type of football. Absolutely. You know, I mean, he turned Liverpool into an institution. Is Shankly? Yeah. Absolutely. And then obviously everybody else was taking it on. Yeah. But that's where the inspiration comes from. Um, number two, Franz Beckenbauer, the Kaiser. Oh. One of the greats. Of, of all time, whether it be um, European or world football, different different class, wasn't he? Beckenbauer, him and Brazy together, yeah, two great centre backs together, yeah, both could play football, both could fetch the ball out, both got composure, you know. And they keep saying you want a big centre half. It's incredible, isn't it? It is incredible when you look at all the greats, all the great players, all the great teams, all the great nations. They win football games by doing one thing: playing, playing football. Beautiful <laughs> game. Exactly. It just isn't rocky, and I just it, it never ceases to amaze me the stupidity of some people. But, but there in you England, go. yeah, but in England, they'll say, well, you know, there's more than one way to, to play football. I get that. Yeah. But you know what the best thing is? Mm. You know you get at Manchester City? Yeah. Right? And they all turn around. All these pundits, because they don't want Manchester City to win. Right? I do. But, yeah. they, but they'll turn around and they'll say, they haven't got a plan B. Well, you tell me all these teams that play the long ball, what plan B do they have? Exactly. <laughs> they exactly. All they do, well, they do have a plan B, I'll take that back. Yeah. Right, they, so they'll kick it. They'll kick it into. They'll kick it even further into the penalty box and try and uh, to try and get a a penalty or a free kick. So they don't really have a plan B. But when Manchester City don't have a plan B, yeah. everybody slaughters them for it. 
Should, should I tell you the difference, the, the way I see the difference between Man City and Liverpool this season? Go on. Things that could go wrong for Manchester City have gone wrong. No, is and, it, I will agree I will agree with this. And you know people will turn around and say, because my two lads take the pitch. Said, Don't you never disagree, your two? They take the mickey out of me, <laughs> as joking, me and you. Yeah. And what you were just saying, I'm agreeing with you. And yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And 100%. With, with Liverpool... Everything that can go right has gone right. Gone right. Well, and it, that's just the way seasons go in football. It's incredible. Listen, the, 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 I said the league would be won, but I thought Manchester City would win the league. Yeah, I did. I, did. I, I had, I had a, a bottle of champagne with uh, Simon Steinroy. Yeah. Because I thought Man City would win it with, with 12 points. Yeah. You know, but season before, Liverpool... I know they won the Champions League, but they'd had a phenomenal season. Yeah. Yet City were unlucky not to get to this, uh, the final. I know they the one to won it. Yeah. Yet they won our domestic treble. Yet Liverpool got spoke about more earlier than yeah. what Liverpool did. But Liverpool have carried it on again this season, and it's another phenomenal season they've had. Yeah. But what, what uh, Guardiola's done something what I've never seen him do, chop and change his team. Yeah, that's been his problem. He's had injuries. Yeah. Right? Uh, and now, I, 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 I know things won't get to me, right? But you just don't know how, how, anyone, how everyone else reacts to things. Yeah. And all they've done in this country is, is, is criticise Manchester City in uh, the, back, the back four. Yeah. Well, last season when City won league, and season before when City won league, Right, because they won league twice on yep. two years running. Mm. They conceded more uh, less goals than any other football team. Yep, conceded. Yeah, right. Now the bad decisions go against them. Yep, some games they haven't played particularly well. Mm. I will say that. Guardiola's chopped and changed. Yep, because I try and analyse it. Mm. Right, and I'm not going to knock anything, take anything away from Liverpool because they've had. It's not just this season. They've had a phenomenal two seasons. Yeah, and it hasn't. But. You're right. What's gone right for Man uh, for for Liverpool? Everything's gone for them. Well, yeah. Things have not gone right for Manchester City. I mean, I can look at I can look mm-hmm. at Leicester up at up at Anfield. They got away with it. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield United at uh, Bramall. They got away with it. Hello. You're saying something. Well, we were uh, we were just generally talking, and I I've lost the train of thought for, for a while. But while we've been away, I've um I've posted the Odin Bailey uh, the goal onto our um, onto our group. Your phone doesn't sound as good as the old one, but we'll we'll carry on with it. And um, my first choice was of course Johan Cruyff, as was yours. It's got to be Cruyff. It yeah. has to be Johan Cruyff. Yeah. You know. Uh, I think he's going to know to go down in history uh, with his with, with the football, but as a coach and all, you know, for what he's done for Barcelona and Ajax, you know, and even the Dutch, the Dutch national team, you know, uh, he, he has to be up there as one of the all-time greatest players for me as Cruyff. Yeah, but we were eulogising about Manchester City and and Liverpool and and looking at what's actually gone wrong and what's gone right. But when you do look at City, you know that they they really do 
look back or Guardiola's look back at, at the Dutch model because when he has had an injury to centre-halves, he hasn't been frightened to put a centre-midfield player there and that's what the Dutch team done with Ariane back in the 70s. So, you, you know, it, it's not nothing that different in the game. You know, he almost oh, he played token football this year in Manchester City, but it hasn't the, quite come off. The reason why the reason why he does why he does that he plays midfield yeah. midfield player in defence is because they're more composed on the ball exactly. than they use the ball better yeah. than the than normal centre backs mm-hmm. uh, in the game. But has he done it as well as uh, to think? Because I, I watched an interview with him when he turned around and said, uh, "People in England, if I don't win the Champions League." Uh, Think uh, that I failed. Yeah. He, he can never. He's, he's won twenty five trophies in ten years, so he will never go down as a as a failure because he's won two Champions Leagues. Yeah. And, he, and people say, well, he, he's only won it because of method. Well, Barcelona won a Champions League since since uh, Guardiola left. You know, so uh, so is he is he concentrating this year? And I mean, you can never really say because a cup competition. One bad decision by a referee, one bad mistake by your team, yeah. and you're out of the competition. But I think that's what he's tried to do. He's tried to uh, to win the league without um, going all out for it. I think he has, he's tried to concentrate more on the Champions League. Me, that's what I, that's my opinion. Whether I'm right or wrong, you know, that's that's my opinion of it with him. What I would say to the football world is watch out next season because Man City win yeah, without the league. <laughs> without doubt, I think. Uh, you know, uh, people are talking about him. He may not be here next year. He'll be here. Okay, He'll be absolutely. here. 100%. And I think Italy, there's, for me, there's no reason for him to go to Italy. No. You know, I think what him and Mourinho have got to start to do now is is not go from country to country. I think what they've got to do is settle down with one team yeah. and try and, and, try and uh, match or even outdo Sir Alex Ferguson because he's won you know 48 trophies in his in his career so uh, I think they Mourinho and and uh, Guardiola to, I mean they'll go go down as great as great managers but to go down as you know the great the great 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 managers is, is to produce that at one football club and keep rebuilding because you know that's what Ferguson did at Manchester United absolutely and what I would also do is when he's finished at Manchester City I'd give him the keys to St George's Park and say, oh, mate, listen, I won't give him keys. I'd lock him in. I'd do a brain, I'd, I'd do a brain cluff. I'd do a brain cluff and say, you're going to be our manager, lad. You're not leaving here until you sign that contract. <laughs> you know, but uh, that would be great to see him uh, managing our national team. Oh, absolutely. Him or cloth. Him or cloth. I mean, I'd, yep, I'd, I'd have either. either. I'd have either. FA Cup fifth round games. Um, in midweek, seems bizarre, doesn't it? And and the fans are so important and so integral to football. But fans going to watch their team in the FA Cup in midweek, surely that's not on it, shouldn't it? Well, exactly. Uh, but the replays, I mean, they are, they are replays and they did have the replays in no, midweek. No, I mean the next round. The next round are all midweek games. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Never. Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a the, the FA Cup fifth round this season is not a Saturday. They're all midweek games. Surely that's wrong. I watched. Uh, I, I don't watch American football, but I watched the build up of it. I yeah. watched the build up. Of it. 
of it all. And it's good that has gone down as you know the biggest uh, sporting event, cup game, like because yeah. that's what it is—a cup game, a one-off yeah, cup game. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, in the world, and we we had that with FA Cup, and it's you know to say that we've got arguably one of the best leagues in the world, but they all want to they all want to be a part of yeah. the Premier League, and we had an FA Cup. What everybody would envious, envious yeah. of, and it's just falling. It's, it's so sad to see, you know, a great tradition like that fall by the wayside. But and again, it has, it has, you know. <coughs> I mean, these top teams are getting there without even playing uh, the first team yeah. until they get closer to, until they get closer, you know, to the quarterfinals and semi-finals, and then they will put them in. But. Uh, it's ruined the FA Cup. It has ruined it. And I'm like you, again, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% behind you. It should be played on a Saturday, the FA Cup. And they should not be played. The semi-finals should never be played at Wembley. There's big, there's big enough grounds for them clubs, you know, to, to play at an Old Trafford or a Arsenal or a Tottenham now because Tottenham Stadium and uh, West Ham, you know, 60,000 people. Wembley should be a special occasion for finals. And also, Highbury and Villa Park to big and Hillsborough as well three really big venues traditionally that that were venues for uh, FA Cup semi-finals now where I'm coming from is you played at Ivory in a semi-final that must have been better for you to play there than to have played that semi-final at Wembley surely well we've never played them we never played them so you you never know but yeah the, the the excitement about the FA Cup is to get into Wembley at exactly. the end of the season. Yeah, you know. But what I'm going to say now, Ellsbury and Villa. I don't know what the capacity is now. I think I think Ellsbury's about forty five, forty something like that. Something like that. Whereas, uh, whereas yeah. the Emirates now is sixty odd. Yeah, that's about sixty five at uh, the Olympic Stadium. Tottenham's about sixty odd. So yeah. Liverpool's about 55, Man United 75. So there's all these grounds now <coughs> what still could play these semi-finals at. Yeah. And there's no way they should be played in midweek. They, sh- they shouldn't be doing what they're doing to the FA Cup. Uh, and I don't agree with it, but um, who are we? You know, you'll never stop these authorities uh, doing what they want to do. I know they've always said that you can't have um, a place in the Champions League for the winners of the FA Cup. But is that just being protective of the Premier League or is that set in stone that the winner of the FA Cup can't go into the Champions League and if the big I think what it, I, I think what it is is um, that would give the English five teams wouldn't it no it's at the expense of the fourth so you have oh, one two and three one two and yeah. three then the the FA Cup winners go into the Champions League at the expense of and the fourth, the fourth place right. team in the yeah. Premier League well, I think that won't be a bad idea, you know, because we 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 should fetch that FA Cup back because it, the build up to the end of the season and uh, some of these teams are just chopping and changing the teams, yeah, you know, just to try and get into fourth, you know. I mean, season's dead for a lot of teams, you know. Come after Christmas, the yeah. season is dead for you. I mean, Newcastle in the FA Cup. I'm going to use a team like Newcastle under Benitez. They want to get knocked out of, or Sam Allardyce team. They want to get knocked out of the season. You know, the fighting relegation. What well, you know? What good is that to any football fan? Yeah. They get bored, just like players get bored. You know. So uh, why why these teams don't try and win a cup competition? Uh, it, 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 
I will never know why they don't want to try and win it because they can't guarantee those teams who are uh, uh, fighting for relegation if they get knocked out of the cup that's going to help them because I bet there's more teams being knocked out of the cup before Christmas what's down at the bottom have got relegated yep. and there's been teams what's, I mean there's the odd team what's got to a cup final and got relegated yeah, it's not to do with that it's to do with the teams what get relegated relegated in general are bad teams and that's and that, I mean, it's like winning the league. They always said the league doesn't lie, and it doesn't lie. So if you've got relegated, you've not been good enough to stay up. Correct. And also, what's your feelings? Because in the olden days with the FA Cup, we used to have Scottish teams in there as well. Queen's Park famously got to uh, a couple of um, FA Cup finals. Now, if these big clubs don't want to be in it and are playing reserve teams, why don't they invite Celtic and Rangers, Aberdeen Arts and Ibs into the FA Cup and revamp think, it a little bit? I think that would be... Well, I, don't, I don't think you'd have to revamp it. The only way you yeah. would have to do... If you put, if, if you put the Champions League in, uh, place in, you'd revamp, you'd revamp it. But that would give it another impetus, uh, the Scottish, especially the big two, yeah. Rangers and Celtic, coming into it. Uh, but I would imagine you won't be able to... Uh, invite them in without inviting the other teams and, and then what happens you, you play more game time yeah. but uh, for the FA Cup they look at it like that you know we're playing games when we shouldn't be playing games well once the, these teams are qualified for the Champions League after winning the first three games they've got two more games or three more games you know and the, the, the games mean nothing they're, they're worthless to, to, to anybody they're boring to watch because they're not playing a strong team yeah. a team who they're playing against are a, a poor team aren't they yeah. you know yeah. so why, why I'd still like to see the Champions League go back to the team what wins the league Absolutely. end of back to the European end of. Cup you know, back to the European yeah. Cup and have a knockout and not a Champions League that's, that's what I would like to see Yep. You know, but uh, I mean, we, we we're all not going to agree on that type of thing. So you've got to try and make the best of of how the how, how they're going to use uh, the teams to play in these uh, big cup competitions. Yeah. But then the World Cup now is getting bigger and bigger. We're adding more teams to it. Absolutely. So it's all crazy. You know what they do these these elite uh, governing bodies. It's all greed, it's all money, it's all power. And talking of power, the missus has just plugged that vacuum cleaner and it's going to be charged <laughs> up shortly. And she says the granddaughter's just gone to bed, so hurry up. <laughs> but we are up to about an hour. Um, so that brings us on to our football football forecasts for this week. And once again, you pick the music because you, uh, you went 12-9 up last week. When you predicted Everton to win away at Watford, I predicted the draw, but Everton ran out winners, and you ran out a winner in our football forecast last week, 2-1, so you're 12-9 up. So this week, um, no Aston Villa, so I'll put Birmingham City instead. Bristol City versus Birmingham, Friday night, tomorrow night, live on the telly. How do you see that one going to, see? 1-1. I think Bristol have just started to play well again, haven't they? So I think that's, that'll be a draw for me. 1-1. I'm going to go 2-1 Bristol. I think they'll slightly edge it. But player to watch for me, Jeremy Bella from Birmingham City. He can play at a high level and oh. he keeps progressing. Well, like he, didn't play him. he didn't play him overnight. And uh, what's that, Shaggy? Jok- not Jokovic. What do they call him? 
Uh, Djukovic. Birmingham striker. Yeah, Djuk- What's his name? Djukovic. Djukovic. He didn't play them two other night, but you're right, that Bella can play. Uh, I think as, Bella's, as, Bella's, as long with that Billingham and all. Bella, Bella scored the second goal. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, are you going for a 2-1 Bristol, yeah? I'm going 2-1 Bristol, yeah. 1-1. <laughs> Right, Everton versus Crystal Palace. How did you say that one going? 2-0 Everton. Yeah. I think Palace are in a rut. Yep, yeah, I can't see anything other than a home win for the Toffee men. Barnsley versus your team, Sheffield Wednesday. 3-0 Wednesday. Right, OK. I'm going to go 1-1 because I need to just change scores. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I need to get up to 10 and get close. We can't be having it 13-9. Blackburn versus... Fulham, who were my tip for the uh, championship before the ball was kicked. 2-1 Fulham. Yep, I'm going to go 2-0 Fulham win there. Your old club Forest versus, well, one of your old clubs Forest versus the champion League United match of the day in the championship this one. One apiece. Yep, I think one apiece. I fancy Leeds and, and to just sneak it 90th minute winner by Banford. And Swansea versus another of your old clubs because uh, we are short of fixtures this week. Derby County, how do you see that one going to? So? I'm going to go for a 1 0 Derby. Right, OK. 0 1 to Derby, and I'm going to go for a 1 1 draw. So our predictions are very different this week. So one of us is either going to be 13-9 or 12-10 up. You are winning in the football prediction, that forecast charts. So what song have you picked from the musical charts this week, T.J. Well, Morris? this one uh, is getting a bit lighter now. Uh, the night's getting a bit uh, lighter again, aren't they? So longer. So, and the weather's starting to change a little bit. So I'm going to go with uh, Crowded House. Always take the weather with you. Right. You picked a, did you pick a Crowded House song last week? I'm not sure, did I? But always take the weather with you. Yeah, always take the weather with you. Right. Okay. So that's your choice for this week. So we're going to go out with Always Take the Weather from Crowded House. TC, thanks as always for your time. Love to you and all your family. And guys, thanks for listening. And we will. See you next week when we we reconvene next Wednesday night. Have a good weekend, you and your family, and I hope for a moon get a nice win for you along with along with Sheffield Wednesday. Lovely. So good night. Have a good weekend. And God bye for now. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.